Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. Precious Holy Spirit, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Lord of all creation, maker of heaven and earth, it is our absolute, absolute pleasure today, Father, to come before you, Lord, and come boldly before the throne of grace, Father, and ask for your mercies anew, Lord, so that you would teach us, Father, what you call us to do as believers in these last days, Lord. Father, equip your church today. Father, equip us, Lord, and speak Holy Spirit and have your way with us this day, Father, so that your name and your name alone would be magnified among the nations and that your body, the church, Father, would be fully equipped for every good work, Father, that you've called us to do in these last days. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to this moment. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to speak to everybody here who is listening, Father, and everybody here who is 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 seeking your face in these times, Lord. It seems as though there's so many things going on, Father. It's hard for us to keep our attention, Lord, and keep our eyes fixed on you with all the distractions in the world, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, right now, just dedicate our hearts and our minds. Holy Spirit, just move our focus right now into the Word, the Word of life, the Word of truth, so that we may be a bride, fully equipped, without spot or blemish, in this sick and dying world. Jesus, let your name be magnified and lifted up right now in our hearts. We sanctify you in us. In Yeshua, Jesus' name, amen. You know, Second Timothy chapter 3 makes this statement, brothers and sisters, and it says this. But mark this, this is verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3. But mark this, there will be times, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with them. The Bible keeps telling us, brothers and sisters, about love. It says in Scripture that no greater love has a man than this, than what? That he laid down his life for his friends. You see, Jesus, when he came, he showed the absolute perfect embodiment of what love is. He came as a servant. He said, the Son of Man comes to serve, not to be served. He came and he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Brothers and sisters, my question to you today is, are we, as the church, the body of Jesus Christ, are we doing only what we see our Father doing? That is a question that we have to ask ourselves. Are we doing what we see our Father in heaven doing? So I want to talk to you today just about the word love. Just just the very simplistic, the very basics of the gospel. Love. What is love? It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it talks about that people will be lovers of all kinds of things, but they won't be lovers of God. So it's such a 
important thing that we, as the body of Jesus on earth, as the people who are called to be ambassadors, and we represent Jesus to the world, that we are the ones who are the perfect image of what love is to the world because we are his body and we should reflect the Son of Man into the world that needs the love of the Father. Did you guys know that that the word love is is one of the most thrown around, tossed about words in today's modern society here in this country, in the United States of America? We say we love our car. We say we love our house. We say we love cake and we love ice cream. We say we love that roller coaster. We say we love that TV program. We say that we love all kinds of things. Listen to what Second Timothy says. It says that people will be what? In the last days, it says they'll be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So why is that? Why are people lovers of pleasure? Why are people lovers of money? Why are people lovers of all of these things? Look at the context in verse 5. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And the scriptures tell us not to have anything to do with those types of individuals. Now, listen listen to this. It specifically says that they have a form of godliness. It's my belief, brothers and sisters, it's my belief that what this is about is, this is actually talking about the body of Christ. It's talking about the spiritual condition of the church in the last days. It cannot be talking about unbelievers. Unbelievers don't have a form of of godliness. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9. He said, I have written to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy or the swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave the world. So he's defining what he's saying. He said, listen, brothers and sisters, there's specific people that I don't want you hanging out with. Now, he's not saying that it's people in the world. He's not saying that don't go out and preach the gospel in places where a Christian wouldn't normally be welcome. He says, no, Jesus said go out into all the world and preach the good news, right? But he says this, let me continue on. In verse 11, but now I am writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or a swindler, a drunkard. With such a man... Do not even eat. He says, what business is in a mind to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. And he says, expel the wicked brother from among you. So what's the concept here? He is specifically saying that in the last days, in the last days, that there's going to be people within the body of Christ who are lovers of all kinds of things. So it's important for us as the church to know what love is. I want to take you back to foundations, okay? Jeremiah says, return to the ancient ways, right? We need to go back to the foundations. Jesus said that we need to build our our foundation upon the rock. The rock is the word. The Holy Spirit is the one who authored the word. So listen to what it says. Listen to the word love. What does the word love actually mean in Hebrew? In Hebrew, the Hebrew word is ahava. And literally what it means is to reveal the heart of the Father. To reveal the heart of the Father. So we're not talking about love as the world shows love. We're talking about love that reveals the heart of God. 
Jesus said, I've only come to do what my father has shown me. He only came to do what his father sent him to do. That's it. That's what he came to do. He came to reveal his father's will to the world. And what is his father's will? Peter tells us that it's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, God wants everybody saved. God wants everybody to come. See, but some people, just because of the lack of love in the body of Christ, some people don't come to know that love because we're called to be ambassadors. We're the ones that are supposed to be representing Jesus to the world, and therefore the world can see Jesus being represented through the church so that they would come and experience the love of God. Love is revealing the heart of the Father. What about the New Testament? What does it say? It says this, No greater love has a man than this that he laid down his life for his friends. Right? Now take the Hebrew word, stick the Hebrew word in that. No greater revealing of the heart of God is this. No greater, there is no greater revelation of God's love to an individual than for us to lay down our lives for them. The Apostle Paul spoke so many times about the brothers and sisters in the church working together and coming together. Your body is not your own. You've been bought with a price. Romans chapter 12 says what? We live, we are a living sacrifice. What is the sacrifice? The sacrifice is something that you give up. When you give up, what you're doing is, is you're releasing total control. You're giving over to somebody else or something else. And you're saying, listen... This is not mine anymore. I give it to you. And we present our bodies as a living sacrifice to our Father, that our Father may manifest Himself, that His Spirit that lives within us may speak, move, live, and Jesus may have His being through His church, His body, and manifest the love of the Father to the sick and dying world that He bought and paid for because He sees value in that person that we walk by every single day and don't say a word to. What about the Greek word, agape? What about agape? Well, agape, right? Agape is the love of God for his creation. Agape can only be known by the actions that it prompts. The Greek word agape, it is an undeserving affection. Okay? So when we walk by that individual that doesn't know Jesus Christ, we say to ourselves, that person doesn't deserve my time. That person doesn't deserve the love of God, the Christ that I have in me. I don't feel like they're good enough. The blood of Jesus isn't good enough for them. Brothers and sisters, this is very serious because it says that Jesus came. And when Jesus died on the cross, when he shed his blood at Calvary, what he did was he died. He resurrected on behalf of what? All who would come. All who come to me. Come to me, all ye who are weary and burdened and heavy laden. And what? I will give you rest. Put your yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble at heart. But blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, you can't be high-minded about this. You must walk around as Yeshua, Jesus did. You must walk around as a servant of the King, a servant of the Father. We must, as the body of Christ, submit ourselves to the King of kings and Lord of lords and become his servants as we said that we would when we made Jesus not just Savior, but we made him Lord. God sharing his one and only Son with the world is the very definition of what love is. For a follower of Jesus, for a follower of Jesus, Jesus said, no greater love does a man have than this that he lay down his life for his friends. When you as a follower of this Messiah, this Christ, this Jesus, lay your life down by not being afraid to share 
Jesus, to share Him, you are actually committing the purest expression of love that the Father can possibly give anyone. We love our neighbor as ourselves by sharing Jesus with them. We have a right that no other people on earth have to share the very love of God in a way that is equal to the very love God has for His creation. We are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20 specifically says that we are ambassadors for Christ. But it says this. There's a warning in 2 Timothy. There's a warning, chapter 3. But mark these times, there will be terrible times in the last days. What's so terrible about these times? What does he say is terrible? He doesn't talk about famines in this chapter. He doesn't talk about earthquakes in this chapter. He doesn't talk about wormwood coming down like in Revelation. He doesn't talk about the third of the earth being burnt up like in Revelation. He doesn't say that. He says it's going to be terrible times. Why is it going to be terrible, brothers and sisters? Because people will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud and abusive. Disobedient to parents. They'll be rebellious ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. And you're going to have a form of godliness, but deny its power. But deny its power. I mean, Jesus died so that we could live a life That is victorious based off of what he's already done. Listen, I want you to hear what the scripture tells us in John. I I just, I want you to really grab a hold of what is written and what is recorded in the book of John. Because these words are something that we are to live by. We're not just to read over, but we're to live by. Listen, listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 16. It's recorded. It's recorded in the word. Now, I am going to him who sent me. What? Jesus says what? Listen, I'm going to go back to my father. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things. You are filled with grief. Why? Because Jesus is leaving. You're filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go, the Holy Spirit, the counselor, will not come to you. But I will go and will send him to you. What is he saying? Listen. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, okay, God gave man a, a, a possession over the earth, okay, so much so that he even told Adam to name the animals. But we lost that. When we submitted to the serpent, the serpent was the one that we decided was going to be the one to tell us what to do. We took orders from him at that point. We lost all authority. God says that, listen, I'm going to kick you out of the garden now. What? And now you're not going to have access to the tree of life. You're not going to have that access to the tree of life anymore that you once had and now everything is going to be saturated and soaked in sin jesus says listen unless i go away the holy spirit won't come to you but i when i go i will send him to you in other words that very thing that you lost in the garden when i go when i die when i resurrect when i go back to my father listen i'm going to send that right back to you jesus went down into the heaven down into the grave down into the into the into the earthly places, and it says he took the keys of death away from the enemy. He took he took all of that authority the enemy gained. He took it back. He goes up to the Father. He comes back. He gives it to us, and then all of a sudden he says this, brothers and sisters, he goes, listen, I'm going to send it back to you. I'm going to hand it back over to you. What? I'm going to give you all authority. 
to trample on snakes and scorpions. I'm going to give all that authority back to you. I've risen you up. I have raised you for such a time as this. I've made you born again. You're a new creation. Old things pass away. Everything becomes good new. You become the creation that God originally intended you to be. And he says, listen, the counselor will not come, will come to you. He will not come to you unless I go to the father, but I will go and I will send him to you. And it says, what is the Holy Spirit going to do? When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin, because men not do men don't believe in me in regard to sin, because men don't believe. Why don't men believe in Jesus? It's because of the fact that the body of Christ is not walking in the love and seeing the Jesus that we preach. But the Holy Spirit is still convicting people of sin. Muslims over in, in, in Middle Eastern countries right now, today, as we speak, as this is being broadcasted into your ears and your waves, they are coming to faith in Jesus in numbers like never before. Why? Because Jesus is appearing to them in dreams and visions. Jesus is, Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to do this. This is going to happen. I love my creation. And it doesn't matter how bad you were. Look at the Apostle Paul. Look at Saul. Look at what Saul was doing. He killed and murdered Christians. He was a terrorist. And yet here he comes and he is one of the men who, read, who wrote most of the New Testament. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with the Father. He's going to convict the world that they are to be in right standing with the Father because he came and set the example and says, listen, it's doable because I can give you the keys. You just have to come to me, all ye who are weary. You just have to accept what I've done. That's the key here. So righteousness and judgment. Why? In regard to judgment. Because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. He said, in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands, already stands condemned. Jesus says, listen, I've already conquered death. I've already conquered hell. I've already conquered the grave. There's no excuse here at this point in time that you're not living in right standing with the Father because I've already done everything through you by my blood in Calvary. It's not by works lest any man should boast. It's a free gift of God, brothers and sisters. But see, we have a, we have this, this mentality today, Lord, brothers and sisters. We have this mentality that, that we've got a gift and that gift should be squandered. We can't squander that gift. It's a free gift. It's a gift that we get to give away. How many of you love giving gifts to your children? Right? That's love, right? Love. It's self-sacrificing. It's taking your money. It's spending it on somebody else. It's giving of yourself. It's laying down everything you've, the money you've worked for. It's taking that. It's going to the store. It's spending your time. It's getting that gift. It's wrapping it up. It's giving it to your child. That's all sacrificial. That's love. And yet we say we love cake. And yet we say we love our car. And yet we say we love our house. How do we show the love of the Father to inanimate objects? How do we do that, brothers and sisters? Let's redefine our thinking. Let's renew our minds. Let's be conformed to the image of Christ. And let's let our minds be renewed. Let's take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What obedience? To be obedience. We've, get it all laid, we've got it all laid out in the scriptures. What God is calling us to do. And he gives us his spirit and he puts his Holy Spirit inside of us so that we can live this life. So that this life, we could be more than conquerors through him who first loved us, right? Because he loves us and therefore we must love them. And Jesus says in verse 12 of John chapter 16, he says this, I have much more to say to you. 
More than you can handle now. More than you can bear. But when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and make it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why the Spirit said, He will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Right? So what what is the Scripture telling us right here? The Scripture is telling us that there's going to be a time of revelation in the Holy Spirit that is going to come like like has never been before. There's going to be a spirit of revelation like never before. Listen to Ephesians. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says to the church at Ephesus. In, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, I keep asking the God of our Father, the God of, or excuse me, the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the working of his mighty strength, which he exhorted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rulers, power, dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. What is he saying? He's reiterating what Jesus said. He is absolutely reiterating what Jesus said. And he's telling us here, he's saying, listen, the Holy Spirit that lives in you is going to convict you, not condemn you. He's going to convict you and he's going, you're going to start thinking a different way. You're going to start repenting of certain things. Repentance is not just a change of mind. It's a change of action. It's a change of heart. It's a change of your thought process. You see, God doesn't just change our heart. It says he gives us a new heart. He gives us a new heart. Jeremiah, when he talks about the new covenant, it says God's going to put a new heart. In us, He's going to make a new covenant and he's going to put a new heart. He's going to get rid of the old heart of stone. He's going to put a new heart. So now we have, as born again followers of Jesus Christ, we now have the heart of the Father living inside of us. And that heart of the Father and the spirit inside of us is crying, Abba, Father. And that spirit inside of us is groaning and moaning on behalf of the Father and on behalf of what Jesus already did because of the people that he paid for. And he's saying, listen, church, I'm sending you out into the world. Show them love. Be love. Show them who Jesus is. But stop loving the world. Stop loving the world. Stop loving your car. Stop loving your house. There's nothing wrong with appreciating the things that the Father gives you, but don't call that love. That's not love. Love is self-sacrificing. Love is giving. Love is going to your neighbor and helping them. Love is going to your neighbor and helping them with their groceries. Love is going to your neighbor and telling them how much the Father loves them so much that they sent Jesus to, He sent Jesus to die for them. That is the love. That is the love that God wants to manifest in these days, church. But because of iniquity, because of the increase of wickedness, it says the love of some is going to grow cold. Before we go today, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you that the Holy Spirit would speak to you and that the Holy Spirit would just manifest this in you. Father God, I just pray for everybody listening to this right now, Lord, that a spirit of revelation would come upon them about your love for the, for the for just for the people you died for and you sent your son for, Lord. Father, I just thank you so much that you're so loving and you're so merciful, Lord, that your grace extends so far that you're willing to meet each person where they're at right now and tell those people, Father, that you love them and that you died for them and that when they accepted your son, Jesus Christ, that they accepted the mission and the calling to love, to love the world, 
to not love the world as men and other women and unbelievers love the world, but love the world as you love the world by sending your only son, Lord. That they would love the creation that you made, Father. Holy Spirit, I send you right now upon each person listening to this. That they would call out to you right now in Jesus' name. That they would ask to understand love and to start using the words the way that you intended them to be used. And to start thinking the way you think and acting the way you act, Lord. Father, that love and compassion and mercy would fall upon each person, Lord. That grace and peace in Jesus would fall upon them right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you for being a loving Abba. I thank you for being a daddy that we all need. I thank you for being the father that so many of us never had. And I thank you for loving us while we were yet sinners. I thank you for picking us out of the mud and out of the mire, cleaning us off, wiping us clean, putting a new spirit in us, and calling us your sons and daughters, Lord. I thank you that your mercies are new every morning. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you don't just live in us, you live through us. I thank you, Jesus, that you are a faithful and just high priest. I thank you, Jesus, that you are a conqueror. I thank you, Jesus, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. I thank you, Jesus, that you are mighty to save even now. So come, Lord Jesus. Come, Father. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you alone are good, that you are love, that you are the manifest of the Father. Thank you for love, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davidson. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them, and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit the joints and the marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the Word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you. 
and keep you in His perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, Shalom.